Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I don't know why he screamed like that, but this is uh, Jeffrey Paul. And uh, <laughs> he's giving me, my, see, my co-host, he's been busting my chops for, I don't know, I don't know how long I know him, but I think since day one, he hasn't stopped, and it, and it just gets progressively worse. Let's introduce the co-host, Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I, I'm, I'm angry today. I'm angry. I'm not in a great mood at all. I'm not going to lie to you. Because first, I, I barely want to talk to you for a fucking hour a week, and you called me like three hours ago for twenty minutes. I had the phone down, like I'm not even paying attention. To, I'm I'm doing that thing where you're like when you talk to your girl, you're like, uh huh, yeah, no, she crazy. That's exactly what I was doing to him for like twenty fucking minutes. I had no idea what he was saying. Apparently, I committed to a show. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I was I was thing is I'm on my way home. Uh, I got, I got some news to read. Oh, let's, let's get started now. Um, I committed to the show. I'm going to be part of the New York Comedy Festival this year. Yes. And, and at Caroline's, I'll be doing, for the month of November, I'll be uh, starring in the Jackie Mason musical. Caroline's will be doing a musical this year. There's going to be some changes in the festival. And so I was very happy to be asked to do this part. Um, I'm in way over my head, but uh, we will give it our best shot. Are you a better actor than comedian? Do you think? Uh, I'm a very good actor. I'm I'm, I'm a very good comedian too. But uh, no, no, no. To answer the question, are you a better actor than you are a comedian? I probably am. I'm a, I'm a really good actor. Good. Thank God. I Thank knew God. there was no right answer for this. By the way, <laughs> I mean, no, there's no right answer. But before we bring in our guests, two things to cover: uh, concerts. Sean, I know you've been under the weather. That's the second thing we'll cover. No concerts for you, right? Not since uh, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. No, we covered that. I I felt good enough for the first time uh, last night. I've been under the weather as well. I went last night to City Winery. Have you ever been there? Not the new one. The old one I've been to, but I haven't been to one since they moved. It's excellent, man. What a what a great, great concert venue. I'm going to say it seats anywhere between four and 600 people. Mm-hmm. Um on the main stage and then there's a loft for, for that they do comedy and smaller shows and uh really really cool place you're sitting at tables the food is excellent the wine obviously is very very fresh since it is the only functioning winery in new york city uh, and i went to go see glenn tilbrook he is the uh, former singer songwriter for squeeze and he does basically all the hits from the squeeze songbook he does a couple of his old things. He covered My Girl Lollipop, which uh, was, was an odd choice, but it was pretty cool. Tell some stories. And it was, it was a really, really good show, man. Anytime you get a chance to see anyone at City Winery, that is a great venue. I strongly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going on a Halloween night to go see a Living Color. Oh, my God. I, I saw that, that, that sign. That is going to be blistering. That yeah, is- we, we saw them acoustic there a couple of years ago, and they were uh, just ridiculous. You're going to love it. You're going you're gonna to have a great time. Get there early, you know, and get the food. It's really, really good. Um, how are you feeling, man? Sean has been battling COVID. This is his second time. This one kicked my ass. This one really kicked my ass. The first time I had it in, like, uh, beginning of uh, January, it was just one day. And then I was like, all right, you know, it's and that was fun. This has been like, I, I've been on the couch probably a hundred hours over the last like seven days. I just can't move. Just it, it's been it's been a horrible thing. And I had to officiate a wedding, 
And that was the worst part. I had to officiate a wedding and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it or not. And then uh, Thursday night, I started testing negative and then I tested negative twice again on Friday. I mean, I felt like like fucking death on a cracker, but uh, I got through it. And then yesterday, I might have spent the whole day on the couch just because I just being out for that long just kicked my ass completely. So besides having to talk to me, how do you feel now? Uh, I was feeling better until that phone call this afternoon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I took a nap. I feel better. Um I have two of these. These are my uh, my new favorite things. These are the Mike Tyson gummies. Mike Tyson. Uh, the Mike Tyson gummies, yes. And if you look very closely, they have a little bit bitten off on the end, and that's uh, done uh, on purpose. I, I, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd have a gap in the middle of it. But, um, either. <laughs> oh my god! Almost something funny. Holy shit! That was great. Uh, this is shit. I have to contend with people. Um, yeah, I, I was sick. I was banged up real bad uh, this week too, man. Yes, that's your new. Um, that's your new. Uh, 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 contact photo. What I'd like you to do, Jeffrey, is call my phone right now, so that way the listeners can actually see what it looks like when you call me. The listeners could see you, you are really a, a dumb man. Well, we have a YouTube channel, remember? Yes, our viewers could see. Let me yes. get you up on here, Mister. Hold on, uh, everybody can see my phone, and. Hang on here. Let me find out. There you go. My Definitely my favorite contact photo. <laughs> That's the dumb face that I have to look at, Dan, when this guy calls me. You know what? Let, let's, 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 we got to bring this guy in because yeah, he's I really want guy. to. He's one of my favorite yeah, people yeah, on the yeah. planet. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a cool guy. He's a comedian. He's a club owner. He's one of our friends. Let's give it up for our guest, Mr. Dan McRitchie. Yay, Dan. Oh, Dan. What's, what's you, going Dan? on, guys? Oh, man. So what have you been up to? What, what What's new in, in Dan McRitchieville? Oh, work, work, more work. Um, you know, boring day job insurance. I've been doing, uh, been setting up uh, some charity stuff for, um, you know, my comedy channels. So I'm going to be doing a little traveling and doing some charity stuff for the next six months. Nice. Um, you, as a, you as a comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Just because, um, people, just because people don't don't know you wear two different hats. Am I right? Still, you know, you're yeah, yeah. And you still uh, uh, run a club on on the weekends. Yep. We'll do the. I'll do the stand up when I can. Um, you know, laugh it up comedy club in Poughkeepsie on the weekends, and. You know, it's just, it's been so long um, since I've really been able to get out and do my own show. So, you know, Cal's great. He's kind of taking the reins over there so I can get out and and do some stuff. I've had a bunch of people hitting me up to do some charity stuff and I found some good rooms. So the next six, seven months, that's what we're going to be doing. That's fantastic. And let me tell you something as a, as an actual comedian, Jeff was with me the last time too. Um, laugh it up in Poughkeepsie is without a doubt, not just one of my favorite clubs to, to work for. It's one of the best clubs on the East coast. And the reason why and I believe is because you also have a comedian who is running it. Now, a lot of times that is a recipe for disaster uh, because I believe you should be either a comedian or a booker. You pull it off pretty well. I got to admit, you do pull it off pretty well because it, it you, there is a balance that you need when you are booking a room or if you want to try and do your own shit on the same time. So it's a hard, hard balance. And you pull it off. You pull it off really good. I, I got to give you credit for that. 
you know, I tell people, you know, I've been shit on in 38 states in 30 years doing comedy. So I pretty much <laughs> try. try are, you, to, are you in there that long? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I started 32 years ago, technically. But wow. Um, yeah. On off, you know, went to college, came home, got the boring day job, took a couple, couple years off. So it's been on and off. But yeah. Where did you start? When did I start? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Oh, I started it. It was actually the original Bananas. Um, oh, up there. Okay. Yeah, and it was in uh, right next to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. They ran, I think it was the Sheridan at the time. Okay. So it's, you know, a small, like, 120-seat uh, 100, room. Get yeah, a they... like, funniest high school student or something like that, and that started it. Wow. Dan, what do you find to be the hardest thing about balancing being a stand-up comedian and being a comedy club owner? Because that could be kind of like not a conflict of interest, but it's, it's got to kind of get in the way sometimes with relationships with people, with, with comics, you know, what, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, you know, my thing is it, it's, it's tougher to get the gigs, you know, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing now and just going out and found the other rooms because like when people know you as the comedy club owner, you, you don't get the bookings that you know I did when I was just doing stand up. Yeah. So you know now it's like okay, well you know I, I kind of want to get back out on the road and then you know you gotta. I kind of had to make my own stuff. I mean I do get gigs here and there, but like people don't expect you to be looking for them anymore. So. What just start off with first? You just start off being a comedian or running a room. No, I started off being a comedian. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine put me into a contest. That's how I got into it. Uh, you know, I was just a class clown. And this kid put me in, told me two days before the contest that I was in the contest. I went in, you know, shit in my pants, you know, shaking on the mic and came in second. And... Is this for a real story? Because this yeah. is same, it's a similar story to mine because I, yep, I did the same thing. I never did comedy and I, I entered a contest two days before. But did either one of you guys have material? Well, no, I, no, nope. <laughs> nope. I just, um, you know, I, I, the kid gave me two days. He said, you're on this Saturday. And, you know, this was Thursday. So I put some shit together. It was three minutes. But, you know, that's like a lifetime when you're first starting out. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had nothing. The guy goes, do you have five minutes? I go, yeah, dude, I got five minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I had and I was like, oh, shit, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I wrote like two long jokes, and that was it. So, Dan, how long were you into comedy before you said, "Hey, you know what? I, I think I want to start a room and then run a club." Um, I'd say, let's see, I was I was like ninety ninety one when I first did the show. Went away to Albany to college, came back ninety ninety five. Got into another contest in 96. Then I did like a year down the city. So probably like 97, I started booking like, there were two bowling alleys in Poughkeepsie and they both had big rooms. Both were looking for stuff to do. So I would do like once a month at one and then at the other one. Um, you know, and then you guys know how it goes. You know, you find a restaurant with a good room, try it out here and there. So I went another 10 years doing that. And then decide I want to find like a set room, and it's bounced around a couple of times. But um, you know, laugh it up to me is uh, 
it's a great room because there's and I'm not knocking where you live. There's really not a lot to do in that area. No, you can knock it. <laughs> there's really not a lot to do in the uh, in the Poughkeepsie area. So when you have a good comedy room uh, open up like that, you know, every time I've been there, we've had we've had great, great, uh, great shows, great turnouts. And some other people, um, you know, have had clubs in that area and just and didn't succeed. You know, I'm glad to see that you're, uh, you know, you guys are still kicking. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, there's not much to do, so that probably helps. But, um, you know, our problem is not getting shot on the way in and out. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I loved uh, bumping into you. Uh, I guess it was about a month ago at uh, in Coney Island, of all places, to see the uh, Hate Breed Black Label Society Anthrax show. Which I was sure Jeff was going to go to. I was absolutely sure, but I think you went to Air Supply or something that night. You, went, you had you had some stupid show you went to. Okay, first of all, I've gone to Air Supply and then I got a chance to open for Air Supply. So, oh wow, really? Is that really that that's something you really ever want to mention on the air again? Yeah, yeah I'm proud of it. Oh, you you should be. Yeah, okay. It shows my versatility, Sean. What's that? It shows my versatility. Dan, this is the shit that I put up with. Listen, yeah. listen, Sean was the roast master at my daughter's benefit. So I, I believe me, I get it. That was only, um, it was a couple days, like, was it about five years ago? Yeah. Yep. You know, it was around this time, about five years ago. That was one of the, that was one of the more fun nights of, uh, of, uh, the last few years of comedy for me. We did it at the chance in Poughkeepsie, which is a great rock club. Mm. And, uh, why don't you give um, the listeners a little background about your daughter? Because his daughter is one of my favorite humans on the planet. I've only met her one time, but I have been following her, her story since she was born. And she's really one of my heroes, to be honest. So, Dan, tell, tell everybody what um, what Des had to go through. Yeah, she, uh, we had uh, some complications in the womb. She, uh, she had a kink urethra in the womb, which was misdiagnosed up here in Poughkeepsie because, like you said, Poughkeepsie sucks. And so did the doctor. So... They basically told us she wasn't going to make it to term, just terminate the pregnancy. So we went down to Montefiore in the Bronx and got some real doctors. Um, at that point, she had already blown her right kidney in her bladder from the pressure. Um, so it was a long road to get her to birth. Um, we had complications with the actual birth. And then she had five surgeries in her first year. Um, but at this point she's strong as an ox, five years old, she just turned five years old on oh, August 24th. Jesus. And, um, here she comes. Monkey. Amazing. <laughs> there she is. That was a, that was a very fun night. We had, um, when you look back at it, there was like, you know, Jane, Jane McBride was on it and now, now she's had an own Netflix special and, you know, Gino Bisconti was on it, and now he has his own show on Compound Media, and then I was on it, and uh, I get to hang out with fucking Jeff on a set on a Sunday for an hour. So, yeah, my career has really gone skyrocketing since I was the roast master of that one, let me tell you. But I'm going to be the roast master of Jeff's roast yes. February 5th. Yes. I cannot yes. wait for this. I'm going to start the wheels in motion in about a month, get this thing going. We're going to nail a place down. He has no idea what he is in for. He's already told me today, Sean, I'm very sensitive. And I said, 
that's the worst thing you could have ever told me. Oh, it it doesn't matter. I mean, that's you, you saw what I you, you saw what I went through. You took a beating. Yeah, you took a beating. I mean, people don't understand when you roast somebody, and this is the truth. Jeff Ross said it perfectly. I only roast the ones I love, and that's very very true. That must mean I am completely infatuated with Jeff because I'm going to <laughs> murder him in February. Yeah, he, he's enjoying this too much, Dan. Oh, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't wait. Oh, he! You know, I never get a phone call from Sean. He called, hey, your, your birthday's going to be coming up. Yo, can we do a rose for your birthday? Yo, yo it'll be perfect. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. That's exactly. Well, listen, the reason I said that is because everybody and their mother likes to roast somebody and they look like pieces of shit. Okay. So when I am in charge of a roast, I want to make sure that it's done right, that there's good people on there. Okay. That we have a decent venue. Okay. It's going to be a classic old school Friars Club Dean Martin roast. That's exactly how I'm going to. How Will my gonna face be in the circle? What's that? Will my face be in the circle? Make Hopefully, sure. it'll be behind a bullet by the end of the night. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, it's starting already, Dan. Ew. Yeah, but let's. But enough of that. Let's get back to to you guys at uh, at uh, Hatebreed and Anthrax. Anthrax. Yeah, it was a good show. Did you know each, each of you were going? I think Dan messaged me and said if I was going, and we we met up. We wound up meeting up. Uh, I think during BLS, who yeah. to me was the weakest band of the night. By far, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, you know, I get. I get. It's you know, Zach's doom thing. But like, I've seen him on before, and this just seemed more like kind of going through the motions. I mean, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. And plus, he's he's playing off that last record, which is not a great record. Uh, I thought Hapri was fantastic, but I'm a huge, yeah. I'm a huge, huge Hapri fan. I got Hapri lyrics tattooed on me. Like, I, I've always loved them. Anthrax is really good too. The only problem is like that place is hot. That place, is, it's the uh, Coney Island Amphitheater. No, who closed the show? Oh, Anthrax. Anthrax. They're doing they're doing the forty anniversary, uh, the fortieth anniversary tour, and the only thing I really really liked about it is that uh, they finally did a John Bush era song. Yeah, covered and they covered only only down yeah. a white noise, and uh, I was so happy because here's the thing, Dan. We had Frankie Bello on here uh, over a year and a half ago, and I asked yeah, it, was, it was less than a year ago. Jeff, every day that I have to talk to you feels like six. So I have no concept of time. Yeah. A year and a half ago. So he, um, I said to him on the oh. air, I was like, you know, why is it that you don't do any John Bush songs? And he, I knew when he came out of his mouth that it was, it was bullshit. He was like, ah, oh, we just don't have the time, man. We have so much other stuff that we've done. And I'm like, fucker, you've done four albums with him. Don't tell me that you have other stuff that's better than any of those four. Because those four albums are, are, are four of the six best Anthrax albums. I don't yeah, want to hear great. You know? And I think a lot of people uh, gave them a lot of shit for it. And they finally introduced one of those songs. I thought it was awesome. But a friend of mine had to you know, burst my bubble and said, you know, maybe they wrote that song for Joey Belladonna. And then he left. And then John just did it. And then I'm listening to it over and over. I'm like, that's a very good possibility because that is in Joey's range. It really yeah. doesn't sound like a John Bush song. But 
either way, they did the song. I posted the video. My friend was like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. I just can't believe there was some fucking loudmouth asshole who was singing over the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, that really, really sucked. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have a, we actually, you know, when I talked to um, Jeff and I said that uh, we're actually going to actually talk about music for a little bit on this episode. Because uh, a lot of times we don't talk about music. We just start bullshitting. Like, you saw what I just did to Jeff for 20 minutes. So uh, I asked Dan what band he wanted to talk about. And this came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I did not expect this band. And I was very happy that you picked it because it's a great, great band that I love personally. Collective Soul. Mm. Now, where did, where did this come from? I, I can't picture you being a Collective Soul person. I went to, like I said, I went to Albany. Um, 90. Two, I was up there to like 95, 96. They played, um, you know, we had a festival at school every year. So okay. they were brand new. Um, they played like the front lawn at Albany and, you know, came out and hung out afterwards. Great guys. I mean, like super nice. Obviously this, you know, this was as the first album came out before it broke. Um, you know, Shine had just hit the radio. So we just hung out after the show and then they were playing Northern Lights the next night. And Ed, the lead singer, said, Oh, he goes, <clears throat> you know, you wanna you wanna come to the show the next night? And I was like, Yeah, sure. I'll put you on the list. So went, put me on the list. We hung out the next night and you know, just chilled, had some beers, whatever. And then he says, Well, give me your phone number and you know, next time we're in the area, I'll give you a shout if you want to come. So it's been like that since, you know, 92, 93. Wow, that far back, huh? Story. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, you know, I was really, like, trying to process how I'm going to talk about Collective Soul because I do like this band. And I was trying to real because Jeff is giving me shit already. How do, you, how do you like this? This is garbage, you know, blah, blah, blah. Look at what he always does. He always shit, shits on my parade all the time. But uh, that was a great era for rock radio i think the gummies are kicking in no not even close i'll you'll, trust me you'll know when they kick in um so yeah i think it's um i think it was just because it was a great era for rock radio like down here we had uh k-rock 92.3 and it was kind of before the new metal era and after the grunge era it's kind of that lost four or five years i always think between like 95 and 99 there was a lot of great bands that came out that are still around. And Collective Soul is right on the top of that list for me. Matchbox 20 is another one. Yep. I think they kind of fall into that kind of uh, the same kind of vibe. Um, better than Ezra. They just played. I just saw them last year. It was Collective Soul, Tonic, and Better Than Ezra. Tonic, Semisonic. Like a lot of them were one of the hit wonders, but Collective Soul is still around. So I always wonder, like, why is it that certain bands will continue to go and certain bands just fall off, you know? And I looked at, I was going through the Collective Soul um, discography. The first album's great. It has Shine on it. But I think their second album is where they really took off. Yeah. Yep. Second album has uh, The World I Know, which was a monster radio hit. Uh, December was a big one. Gel was a great song, too, that was on the Jerky Boy Jerky soundtrack, Boys. too. Yeah. Uh, she gathers rain is a great, great song. I think I had like four or five like top forty rock hits on that record. 
Do you remember that one, Jeff? I do. I mean, I'm not a I'm far from a huge fan of of Collective Soul. I remember Jell I did like because I I love the Jerky Boys movie. Of, um, World I know reminded me so much of Soul Asylum with a Runaway Train. It had that same vibe to it. Um, Shine. You know, I you asked why? What's the difference between Collective Soul and a band like Matchbox Twenty? And I think the 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 difference is Matchbox Twenty just has songs with so many like, just great hooks. Yeah. You know, you know, so I mean, like I I'm just I started to write down some songs like a song like Bent, uh, Unwell, uh, Three A.M. I mean, th- these are songs that have like real me- melodies. I think. Yeah. I agree. With that. Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas, to me is is one of the most underrated uh, songwriters of our generation. He's a Matchbox Twenty is a rock pop band yeah. where I think a band like Collective Soul is 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 a, is a rock band. I don't I, I don't really that. consider them pop <clears throat> um, better than Ezra. They did have two songs. You know, it was what was what was uh, what was, the, what was the first one, Dan? What was their first single? Better than Ezra? Yeah. Good. 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 And then I thought King of New Orleans was a great song. Was a better song. What was the other one? In the Blood? Yeah. But I just thought I just thought that Desperately Wanting was a great one too. Desperately Wanting was a great one too. Um I got I got to to meet them when I was on tour with a band, and they were the third band on the bill. And I you know, the uh every time they would come around, they they sent me uh cards and tickets. If, if I wanted to go, um, I think their problem was, you know, it's like, wh- why is it like a guy can write, someone can write such one great song, but can never follow it up? I think sometimes that has to do with the songwriting. I think Matchbox 20 of the three bands that we mentioned have the best songwriting, the best singer, and they really had a market. I think better than Ezra could have been. Well, it's also hard to be a three piece. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think a, a little bit harder for that, and you know, for this guy to come out up and like really shine. And I think with with uh, Collective Soul, I I kind of think again. I mean, they they probably made good records. You guys would be much deeper than this, but where do you listen to these records? You know, how how would you like Dan? You're a business guy. How do you market this band? You know, what audience are you targeting? Go. Depending on where, I mean, they've always found a niche. That's how they stayed around. I mean, they yeah, but a niche, you know, you're limited sometimes when you're a niche band. Matchbox Twenty was more than a niche. Like, could could Collective Soul play the Garden while a Matchbox Twenty can? Could they did? Right. Um, you know, the issue is like where they where they came in too. Like, I agree, Matchbox Twenty has been able to. To stay on the test of time um rob thomas had a great solo career too and it's it's because you can stay relevant i think like you said there there may maybe more pop rock so you could still fit on those top 40 stations you come out with something decent in 2022 that's similar to what you put out in 98 99 you can still be played on top 40 radio and i think I think the problem, Dan, with 
putting out music in 9899 as opposed to 2022 is in 9899 radio still mattered yeah now radio doesn't matter because people they stream they 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 spotify you listen to so much shit it's hard to really focus on where the good stuff is that was the job of the record companies and 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 uh, radio stations they filtered out like the average and then they gave you, you know, and packaged what, you know, what they considered like, you know, the best of what we've got coming in. Does that make yeah. sense? Yep. Oh, yeah. And, you know, still to this day, it's it's especially more with radio being the way it is or not even being really existent anymore. It's touring. And that's Collective Soul continues to tour. I saw them last year. Just missed them this year, but they're. Where do, they tour? Where do they tour and who do they tour with? Are they are they a headline band? Player? Yeah, they're headline. Like they played the Palladium in Times Square, which is like the old, uh, I guess the, the old Hard Rock. Yeah, yeah. So they just, they just did that. They do like the the smaller thing, like the Irving Plazas, the casinos. They do a they they've been doing casinos for like ten years. They'll hit thirty casinos around the country. Yeah, um, a lot of just saw them at, Yeah, just saw them at Mohegan with Tonic and. Better than Nazareth, that was great. I mean, to be honest, Tonic stole that show. Those guys were really incredible. Hmm. Um, I saw them at Parks when wait, let's wait, wait, at Parks Casino. Yeah, yeah. Did, they, did yep. they play? Did they play the Excite Center? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So yeah, actually, that's a good venue for them to play. Oh yeah. Actually, actually took my mom to that one. Who <laughs> did, did they? Did they? Were they able to? to um, sell it themselves or do they need someone else to, to help boost ticket sales? No, they sold it. Um, Who was on that show? Do you remember? Um, actually, it was just them. They didn't have an opener. They played uh, They played like two plus hours, almost two and a half hours. You know what they used to do when, when you knew there was going to be no opener? Um, it, the shows would be built at night with. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll tell you, you know, no opener, and, and they'll play, you know, a band will play an extended set. Uh, wow, yeah, that, that's, yeah that's there's a band that I love, Machine Head. They're doing that now. They're not bringing out any uh, opening acts. They're doing an evening with Machine Head, and it's two and a half to three hours of their music. And they'll do like you know B sides, and and they'll throw out live, co- you know, some cover songs, and they'll throw out requests to the audience, and they'll just do them. I mean, if you're really into a band, that's really a cool thing to do, you know. Uh, I'm looking at their set list now. That was actually a really, really good set list. The thing about Collective Soul for me is like after the third album, they kind of like went off the radar a little bit. There was some turmoil in the band. Um, so I think it was kind of intentional. Okay. Um, I know Shane, the drummer, had some issues, alcohol issues. Um, I don't know the full story, but Ross, the original guitarist, is rumored to have slept with Ed's wife. Oh, that's a rock and roll story. And ended up, you know, exiting yeah, the band at that point. The Clapton George Harrison story? Something like that. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? Well, it's like with Gaslight Anthem, the band that I love too. It's like the lead singer was married to the bass player's wife and he cheated on her. So it's kind of the band's like, hey, well, you know, go fuck yourself. My, my sister's more important than the band. And they just left for. You know, six years or whatever. 
Let yeah. me bring up Ben. ben if, I don't know if you guys know, know this group, but it kind of falls into the same vein, I think, that we were just talking about. A band I loved, I always thought they would make it much bigger. Do you guys remember a band called Live? I love Live. Uh-huh. They were a great band. Yeah. And they, their first maybe three albums, they had some big hits. They had they were, radio airplanes. Again, it's that same and time frame, Jeff. Why? Why did, why did they just disappear? Listen, if you don't keep putting out good music, you're eventually people are going to stop listening. Either that or you don't play your new music and you just go to your greatest hit set. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because I just I heard an interview the other day and it blew me away because this is an argument that I've had with many people before. Godsmack. Uh, I'm not sure if either one of you are fans or not, but they have oh, yeah. six albums out. They have a new album coming out in February and then that's it. They're not recording any new music. A lot of bands are doing a lot of a lot of these bands I've been around for 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 25 30 years there's no need to do it and let me tell you something it was actually refreshing to hear the singer say we're together 30 years we've made a lot of money but we've made, made a lot of sacrifices to make that money and success and now we want to enjoy our life that does not mean we're not going to tour he goes they'll tour until the wheels fall off but they will only be doing greatest hit sets well well Sean. And, and and Dan, you as well. Do you do you think in the age that we live in now, do you think people really have the stamina to sit there and listen to a whole album, let alone sometimes when these bands come out with double albums? I, mean, I do. Well, you you're 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 an exception because you're you know you're 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 a music junkie. Yeah. yeah. But I think when you talk about like the regular people, you know, people who just listen to radio, you know, I think it's more advantageous for a band to put out a single like they do now. And you can release it any day of the week. It used to be only on Friday when new music would come out. That way you would get the weekend sales. Now you can put out a song on Tuesday. You can put out the next single on, on the following Thursday. There's no rhyme or reason for it. And you put it out on the internet. And that's how people get music. You don't see bands putting out a whole album as much anymore. Sure you do. I think you do, absolutely. Listen, my favorite band is Maiden. You know, during the pandemic, they recorded a double album. I got to say, as much as I love Maiden, I I don't have the time to sit there and listen to an hour and 45 minutes of a new Maiden album. Yeah. First of all, you're lucky because the album's horrible, number one. Not horrible. It's a horrible fucking record. I cannot believe you're spending money to go see them in three Unfor- weeks. Unfortunately, I had I had to back out and not go because... Oh. Yeah, because the one day... The one day that my wife has to get surgery, it has to be the day oh. made. Well, yeah. there's quickie divorces. Yeah. You know, oh no. They, he, he married he married so fucking up. Let me just tell you. If you were standing at the bottom of the Empire State Building <laughs> and his wife's at the top, that's about how fucking high up he married. Believe yeah, there'd be like another Empire State Building. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, but can you believe the selfishness of her? Like, she knew I was waiting to go see Maiden, and then she has to go and get this this, this back surgery because she's been in excruciating pain, okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for carrying your, for carrying your ugly ass for 40 years, that's why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, like, you know, Maiden, though, they're, they're one that I can say that I loved in the 80s and then fell off, like, after, I don't know, somewhere in time, maybe? Like, no, no, no. I just got lost after that. Maybe the world was great. Yeah, well, the, Wicker, the Wicker Man is on that album, I think, right? The Wicker Man was That's on That's a great it. song, yeah. I'm not saying they haven't great I'm not saying they haven't had great songs, but like 
you know, that's a band that I got lost after a certain point. Sure. And I, I've done that with a couple of bands too. Like I like five finger death punch, even though they're kind of like cheese metal, you know, like it's the metal you introduce your, your chick to, you know, but like I, I have Apple music right on my phone. It's 10 bucks a month. You could download unlimited stuff. I downloaded the five finger death punch record. It was so bad. I deleted it. It was free and I got rid of it. Yeah. I can't believe they have Cher singing for him. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Don't maybe badger you, please. You hang on. Yeah, who you got who you got coming up? Any concerts coming up? Me? Yeah. Do you get a chance to get out? Uh Priest on October 15th. Is that October. over the, is that Nassau Coliseum? No, that's in Albany. Oh, okay. And who, who do they have who do they have opening this tour? I have no idea. I think this Priest is there. has uh Sabaton. Yeah. And is this the, this is their fiftieth anniversary tour? Yes, yeah. it is. I don't know who Sabaton is. I'm not going to get there in time to see them anyway. So yeah, they're not. They're nothing really to write home about. Can you just imagine like being Rob Halford? That you're now he's in his seventies, so they're on the road for fifty years. Like how many hundreds of miles of dick did he friggin' take over fifty years on the road? I don't know, think about it, Sean. Think about how much dick he would have had. Like just mountains, just miles and mountains of dick. <laughs> so much dick. And how long did it take for all their diehard fans? Seven, I think everybody knew, Dan. Everybody knew, and they were just oh, in, no, in no. denial. Oh, no. Like, my brothers, my cousins, their whole crew was like, preach, preach, preach. And then all of a sudden they're like, Alfred's gay. I'm like, it couldn't have been any he couldn't have made it anywhere else right exactly <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know he, they say i think the the character in um in rockstar the lead sure. singer that was, that was based off a of priest yeah oh yeah yeah i think it's uh, an underrated movie it's a cheesy movie but it's underrated oh great it's a, i love it yeah it's a, it's a remote dropper oh yeah dude it's jennifer aston was kind of cute in that movie I think the I think the one who played the tranny was really hot. Adam, that's a soundbite, by the way. Um, <laughs> I need that clipped, and I need that sent to my email, which is seanwartoncomedy at gmail.com. Thank you. Now listen, man, maybe it's a little more progressive than you, Sean. Uh, Jeff, whatever floats your boat. Whatever it takes to get that fucking limp noodle going, please go for it. I thought I thought I thought she she looked pretty good to me. I no complaints. I went you know who am I, who am I to choose? But I'm, just, um, I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep the the I know what you do. free. Uh, yeah, just so we can clip everything off of this. Yes, yeah, yes. These, I, these uh, I, I was gonna go see um, Pat Travers and uh, Vanilla Fudge last night as a chance, but that's a show. That's an interesting show. <laughs> Is, is anyone still alive when those bands came out? Holy shit. That is an old show. Yeah, oh yeah. But still great. I mean, I love, you know, I love both of them, but apparently there were some technical issues at the chance and they ended up moving it up to the law. Oh, now, wow. That's that not good. That um, Vinnie Apice started it? Yeah. Is he, is he still playing with them? Who's that? The, uh, Vanilla Fudge. That was Carmine. He's still playing with them, yeah. Wait, was it, no, oh, right. It was Carmine Apathy. I always get the two mixed up. The Vinny was the uh, the general Sabbath. Yep. 
he played with Dio, right? His brother. Yep. Yeah, he he's still in Vanilla Fudge. Yeah, yep. Do you know it's who he played with? Do you guys it's remember who he played with? For uh, Tim Bogert, who passed away. But... He okay, great rock drummer, right? Oh yeah. Classic. Who Sean? Do you remember who he played with? No. Made a ton of money doing it. Got it, it really. He made him more famous than when he played with any of the bands he played. He Rob he was Stewart. a drummer. For, that's right. He was a drummer for years for Rod Stewart. And he's and he's in the Do You Think I'm Something video. Hmm. That in yeah. two dollars will get me on the fucking train next week. <laughs> but now the thing is, Sean. If anyone asks you that question, now you know. You yeah. think like I actually pay attention when you talk on this show? I don't. Fuck, I don't remember anything you've said tonight. Better yeah. than Ezra. That's all I remember you talking about. Was better than Ezra. Who co-wrote? Do you think I'm sexy? Carmine and Pete. I did not know that. Yeah. He probably could retire just off of that writing credit. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I was watching. I remember I was telling you I was. Oh, we're going to talk about this in a second. Um, I was watching the Warriors the other night, and then I realized that Desmond Child had a song on the Warriors soundtrack, and that that came out like in what seventy seven or something. It was early, yeah. I'll look it up right now. We because because this show we need 100% accuracy, yeah. Well, yeah, we do. Of course, we have a guy from the Warriors coming on next week. I'm going to you think I've been beating this guy up all night, Dan? I'm gonna murder this fucking guy for being on this piece of shit movie 79. Okay, so yeah, I was watching that and I saw Desmond Child had a uh a song on the soundtrack, and I can't believe like how many songs this guy has written. There was an amazing episode of uh, Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho when he had Desmond Child on. Some of the songs that he wrote put him in like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame status. Legendary. Legendary. Uh, he wrote live, he wrote Living La Vida Loca for Ricky Martin and that put him into the Latin Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Jeff fell asleep. No, no. I'm looking up the... Um, yeah. He well, he, he wrote Last of the Ancient Breed off the Warrior soundtrack, but there was a big hit off of it. Uh, the big um, uh, what's his name? Uh, wrote had, had a song. Uh, uh, who's the guy? Joe Walsh, yeah. Joe Walsh had a song in there too. I in, forgot, yeah. In, in, in the city, remember, he does he'll, he'll do that like as part of his like uh, the solo stuff. So, did you happen to catch any of the uh, LA performance of the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute show? I see you, Dan. Yes, so Kesha's tips. That was it. I, I haven't watched the rest of it yet. Yeah, so I don't know if it was as good as the as the uh, London one, but you got to see Miley Cyrus do photograph with Def Leppard. Yes, which Joe Elliott is. That was terrible. He just he should have walked off the stage. Yeah, no, just uh, when he tries to hit those high notes anymore. I saw them with Kiss like six years ago, and I just, uh, other than, I don't know, those are just two bands I never want to see again. Yeah, uh, I, can, I can go my lifetime and not go to see Kiss ever again. I saw Kiss in May. I thought they were really, really great. I, I, I loved it. I saw Def Leppard. Uh, this year, part of the stadium tour, yeah, and uh, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, I, I, I had it. I was like, do, do I want to sit through the traffic, or do I, you know, once they came out with the acoustic and they were just doing, 
it, I had seen them a couple of years earlier. They they uh, were on a co-headlining tour with Journey, and Journey couldn't follow. They were great, mm. but really, the I, I was very disappointed at them. At the same Here and Joe Elliott tried to hit any kind of high note. It's just painful anymore. It's a hard thing to do because when you either have one side of the coin with him trying to hit the high notes and and then playing in key, or if you watch like John Bon Jovi, they literally drop down three keys and he still can't hit the notes. Yeah. Well, without Richie, there's no Bon Jovi anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And you don't realize how much of a help he was in songwriting for that band too, because they have not had one remote hit in the last 10 years. And just, just vocally alone. I mean, you realize how much of that was Richie. It's kind of like listening to Alice in Chains. And people are yeah, like, exactly. oh, you know, Lane was great. Yeah, Lane was great. But Cherry is like the strong voice there, you know? Yeah, with Bon Jovi, though, he also doesn't want to associate himself with, you know, the hair metal rock and roll days. Um, he kind of changed and became more almost like a southern rocker like but like like a soft southern rocker you know uh well he put out a full a full-on country record i mean which was great it was a good record he was he was he was also one of these pop rockers oh yeah and that's you know we talk about a niche that's his niche it's a huge niche but but it's a big one you you abandon that you know you're going to lose some of that fan base which i think he winds up doing and yeah I think I think who goes out to see him now are a lot of like forty year old, fifty year old uh, soccer moms. I think fifty and sixty at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, it's 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 really gone downhill, and that's kind of going back to the to the uh, Godsmack thing that I was talking about. And, and he, this is his words too. And when you were mentioning Maiden, I kind of thought about this too. He goes, "Nobody wants to go out and spend money and hear your favorite band's new album." And he's spot on. Like, I don't ever want to go to like, if I go, if I go see Kiss, right? And they put out a new record, Psycho Circus 2. Do you think I want to hear anything off that record? Like, I might like it in my car, but no. No. You've only, you've only got the hour and 40 minutes. I mean, that, that's what they're doing now. So like, you know, it's not like you're sitting there for five hours just listening to music. Like, you have to get the hits. I mean, I gotta tell you, Dan, who I'm really impressed with is Springsteen, the amount of new music he puts out and the amount of good new music he puts out. Oh yeah. His last album was his best album in 25 years, probably. And then he just put it out uh a year and a half ago. New albums coming out in November with uh it's all cover songs, it's all fifties and sixties soul covers and i've heard some of the songs they're just out off the charts but i will tell you one thing if that motherfucker plays one of those songs in april when i go see him at the prudential center for the amount of money that i paid for those fucking tickets i will personally drive down to colt's neck where i know where he lives and i will piss on his lawn so he's done stuff stuff since uh born in the usa oh dan you really fell down my fucking list yeah, oh. i gotta ask dan, i gotta ask dan because i haven't feeling Dan, have you watched Cobra Kai? No. Oh man, I figured you would nope. definitely be a Cobra Kai guy. No. Nope. I loved it. I loved, loved the last season. I thought it was really, really good. I you think know, if they if they had to end it, it could have ended perfectly. 
but they have another season coming. I can't wait. And and a movie. And I, I don't oh, I, I haven't watched it because I just I haven't had time. Like I'll pick up something and then you know I'll try to get through like I mean we're still on shameless because we just didn't watch it. And then you know, pick it up and we're on, you know, season eight, whatever now. So it's it's just weird. Like I saw when Cobra Kai was coming out. I loved the karate kid growing up, but I was just like, all right, well, maybe I'll get to it. And I just haven't. So it's great. It's cheesy, but um, it's a good cheese. Like there's a, only a few eye rolls, only a few eye rolls. I will tell you one thing I do. I don't like about the show. My second worst hated actress of all time is now in this show. Number one, I hate fucking Talia Shire. Because she berated her husband Rocky and Rocky for that he couldn't win. Okay, I'm glad she had to that go. Back. Motivated him to win. But no, fuck it, fuck that bitch. I'm glad she died in season five. I'm glad in episode five, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Now they're kicking in. They're kicking in, Jeff. Um, I'm glad she had to go back to the pet store. Right, I hate that bitch. Second bitch that I hate now is Larusso's daughter. What? I hate that little trollop. She's she she ruins the whole show. She absolutely ruins the whole show. She sucks. She stinks on ice. I can't stand her. You know, now I'm going to have to watch it just to see if I can hate her as much as you do. No one can build up that much hate. But, Dan, this is the reason why I thought you would like it. Because there's so much 80s reference and 80s uh, music in it. And, like, you know, I, I think you're a guy for, like who, who appreciates that era of music. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what I grew up on. You know, like, I loved watching Pam and Tom. My, my cousin actually had a song now. In that, but. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, did you see the Peacemaker series on HBO Max? No, not yet. So Peacemaker is basically it's a comic book character from DC, and John Cena plays it. And I'm telling you, they have the absolute greatest '80s heavy metal throughout the entire season. They got Pretty Boy Floyd. They got like Bang Tango on, like like yeah, not, yeah. Your normal, not your normal shit is what I mean. Like everybody's gonna hear talk dirty to me by Poison, but like th- these guys had like deep faster pussycat cuts on on the show. It was fucking great. Oh, God, I saw them. Oh, so I want to and I want to end the show on one thing that enraged me. Uh, not a, uh, definitely more than uh, Larusso's kid. I watched the Monsters movie. Oh no, the I've Rob been- Zombie Monsters movie on Netflix. And three minutes in, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to make this. And then I got 10 minutes in, and then I started getting, like, a little bit of white heat. Yeah. By the end of the show, I said to myself, I went and looked and found every Rob Zombie vinyl, CD, cassette, DVD, Blu-ray, T-shirts. Everything I have is in the garbage. I can't ever look at this guy ever again because of this horrific. It is there's it, there's nothing. Is like it I've worth watching seen. to watch how bad it is? You see, there's movies that are like that. There's movies that are bad that you still will watch even though you know they're bad, right? No, this makes you fucking angry. Like you know what's going to happen when you watch this movie, Jeff? In about thirty years, when it's your time to go. Right, you're gonna be laying on your deathbed, and before you have your yeah, last breath, you give me that much time. Well, knowing you, you'll stick around to annoy me. That's the only reason why you would do that. But it, on your last breath, you would say, "I will exhaust every resource I have just just to be there for you at the end, where, I, where I'll be the last one you see." And I'll go, "Bye, Sean." I'll step on the plug. I'll step on the plug. 
But uh, yeah, like you would be laying, on your, you'd be laying on your fucking deathbed and saying, "I wish I had that extra hour and a half back." Do you think like, Sherry? Do you think Sherry just nags him into these projects now because? And this is the worst movie she's ever done. And she's a horrible actress to begin with. That's what you, I mean. I mean, but is she like Rob? I want to work again. He's like, okay, let me. Uh... I think he just he's just obsessed with her. You know, like how can you hire somebody else now? That you have your wife in like all nine of your movies. You're going to make your 10th one and go, hey, uh, listen, uh, sit this one out. That ain't going to fly after you've done nine. But Jeff, I'm telling you, I love Rob Zombie. I love the Munsters. I know it's a satire. I know it's a parody. But one of my best friends, I told him not to watch it. And he's very judgmental. He actually put on Facebook and tagged me, which he has never done in 14 years. And he said, Sean Morton told me. He warned me. He warned all of us. <laughs> and I I have not seen, I'd say 98% of the reviews that I've seen are people saying it's horrific. It's the worst thing they've ever done. Most people can't get through it. I forced myself to get through it. Well, they shit on the trailer. That That's how I knew it was going to be bad. People were like, they shit on the trailer so bad that they took it down. Yeah, it was. it's that bad, Jeff. So maybe you should see it. <laughs> and I want to hear, and I want to hear on the next podcast. Please don't call me ever again. <laughs> All communication is done this hour, so don't ever do that again. Listen, I got, I have so much traveling and driving. I need, I need someone to keep me company. I also have a thing. You on my are my now my, my first call from now on. Yeah, I also have a thing on an iPhone. If you go into the settings, and then the phone thing, it says privacy, and then it says block number, which I have no problem doing either. Just so you know. But on a nice note, I want to thank my friend Dan for coming on the show tonight. I've wanted to have you on for a while. And uh, I said to Jeff, I said, you know what? I'm asking Dan McRitchie. He'll probably say no. And he said yes right away. made me a very happy boy. So I want to thank you guys for having me on. Oh, yeah. It's a great great show. What's um, what you got some big shows coming up at the club that we want to promote? Yeah, we got uh Vic Dibichetto coming up. Before you do that, just let people know where, first of all, name the club, where the club is, and how they can contact. He could have said that without you cutting him off. You let him (laughs) fucking talk, he would have said it afterwards. He wouldn't have said it. He's not as smooth as as us. I would have. I would have said it's Laugh It Up Comedy Club. Why couldn't you just play along with me? God damn it. Okay. I will, Jeff. But that's that's in women's clothing. That's after this goes off. You know how we usually do it. I've seen I've seen Dan McRitchie with ninety five percent naked. Trust me. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. But continue, yeah. please. The plug. The plug. So laugh it up, in Mahoney's in Poughkeepsie. We've got. Uh, I'm actually opening for Jim Florentine there. Uh, November. No, October twenty second. Sorry, and um, Vic. Steve Potato's coming first weekend in December. We got oh, a wow. show coming up. Yeah, if uh, if your buddy Cal ever answers his fucking email, Sean Morton will be there before the end of the year, too. So laughitupcomedy.com. And if you want to send Cal an angry message, an angry email, all the listeners, um, please send your emails to laughitupcc at gmail.com and say book Jeff and Sean or die. <laughs> I'm down with that. Well, listen, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a good seeing you, good hanging with you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. Nice chance to know you a little bit. 
we'll, we'll see you soon. And if you guys want to get in on the um, the little traveling charity thing I got, I'll I'll, I'll answer my email, Sean. Yeah, text me. Let me know what you need. Whatever you need, we'll do. Definitely, definitely. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Be happy to do it. All right, guys. Take care. Next week we have Apache Ramos from the Warriors coming on. And we have some great uh, guests coming up for the next uh, month or so. So check us out. Please subscribe. Uh, Dan, once again, thank you. And we'll catch everybody next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. bye little girl. <laughs> little Des. Bye, Munchie. Des. Say bye, Munch. You're beautiful. <laughs> See you, you guys. Bye-bye.